if I didn't thank Neely Bendapudi for her incredible leadership and passion to advance U of L into the thriving community we are today. I want to personally thank her for bringing me home to Kentucky and bringing me to this campus. I love the University of Kentucky and I plan to continue the, the tremendous progress and trajectory we're on. I want to personally thank her for bringing me home to Kentucky and bringing me to this campus. I love the University of Kentucky. Welcome in, welcome in, wake up, wake up, 502, it is going down on a Saturday morning, stay woke, and what's up Derby City, what's happening, this is your boy Rashawn Myers, wake up 502, coming to you live and direct from the palatial studios of Big X Sports Radio 96.1 and 1450 AM, joined as always by my esteemed colleagues, the first, the only, the architect himself, Mr. Haven Harrington, as well as Mr. Joe Kelly. Fellas, how y'all doing this morning? I'm, I'm, in, well. I'm in shock after, after, we've had back-to-back Friday nights, man. We can't even Friday night and not get in trouble. <laughs> we have nothing, y'all. Yeah, you know we can't have nice things <laughs> at all, ever. Like. Period. Not Louisville. <laughs> we are we are a perpetual Southwest Airlines commercial of wanna get away. <laughs> yeah, so you know, our, our new interim president Gonzalez, I had to uh that that kind of popped onto my timeline late last night and I was like, What is this? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Well, great. Now our new president literally comes out and says, I love Kentucky. So had to give that to you all this morning. If anybody didn't know what that was or had not checked the, the, the Twitter sphere uh, either late last night or this morning, uh, the new interim president that was just named uh, was speaking to the graduation class. Um, and she basically came out and had the Freudian slip and said she loves the University of Kentucky. <laughs> so we have that 
and so many things to get into this morning. So uh, I had to uh, had to go ahead and just uh, throw a little elbow uh, to the the new interim president. Uh, and uh, we have so many things to get into. So many very entertaining and, and amazing and awesome things to get into. Um, of course, University of Louisville is heading down. They are playing the role of the heel. Uh, heading down to play Western Kentucky in Bowling Green at EA Diddle Arena. Um, of course, everybody and their grandmother is going to be cheering for Western Kentucky, a game that has now been moved to CBS. And I am literally getting feelings um, of the uh, Louisville Rutgers football game, uh, the Chopping Wood game. I, like I, I, we're going to get into that, but I, I just feel like everybody is going to be on Western Kentucky side. Uh, so we have that going on. Uh, we of course um, have our new. Uh, interim athletic director uh, and you know that the athletic director was also named along with the interim president we're going to get into that and we're also going to get into uh, the commentary uh, from Scott Satterfield uh, and what he said he thinks he can do uh, to make things better uh, for the 2022 season so we're going to talk about that we're going to get into Deion Sanders upsetting the apple cart and much much more but fellas uh, first thing I want to do is uh, let everybody know, of course, um, coming off last Saturday uh, morning where we kind of discussed uh, and, and gave a shout-out at the beginning of the show um, to the, the, the great folks down in uh, western Kentucky and everything that they were dealing with in Mayfield, Kentucky, uh, and the surrounding area um, to, through the devastation of that F4 uh, tornado that came through western Kentucky um, and just all of that devastation. Um, and, you know, we we always talk about uh, you know our old tagline with the main event sports show used to always be uh, more than just talk and you guys uh, kind of exemplified that um, by you know after the show on Saturday for folks that don't know um, Haven and Joe um, literally put their feet where their mouth was uh, and uh, along with some other volunteers uh, went down. Um, to the site at Western, uh, you know, that down there in Mayfield and, and the rest of Western Kentucky um, as part of a humanitarian relief effort um, to kind of put boots on the ground to assist uh, with that. Um, so first of all, I just want to say uh, that is awesome and amazing. Um, and, and, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of give you all the floor to just kind of talk about um, what went into that and just kind of some of the things that, that went along with that because that, that is truly amazing. So I, I, I really appreciate that. And, I, and I'll just give you all the floor to go with, with however you want with it, man. This is uh, your time to just kind of just talk about what happened and how that came about. Hey, do you want to start off? You know what? I will turn the mic over to my esteemed colleague. And for, you know what? I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. I'm going I'm to take the microphone back. So, uh, during the show last week, uh, I was getting text messages, like all, all during the show. And my buddy Aaron McGahey, who runs uh, Rhinox Research Group, which is like a kind of a, a, a firearms training uh, course here in, in town, was like, hey, man, I'm getting a group together, and, and we're going to get boots on the ground, and we're going to Mayfield, Kentucky. Because like this is the first time since he has not been a National Guard that he has not been in a Humvee for a national disaster here in Kentucky. You know, he spent, you know, the guy's been in the, uh, the Air National Guard as an MP for since he's 17 years old. He's, now he's in his mid-30s. He just got out of the Air National Guard. So he wouldn't use his experience from, you know, his four or five tours in Afghanistan and various places across the country and use it to help folks in Kentucky. And he reached out to me. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm down. Let's go Monday. 
Then I was like, I got a better idea. Let's go right now. I'll call Joe. <laughs> I think he'll come with me. <laughs> and we was like, uh, okay, let me check on some things. He was like, we'll leave it at 2 o'clock. I'm like, eh, that, gives, that gives me just enough time to go pick up Joe and come back. And that's exactly what we did. Like, literally the spur of the moment. Wow. Like, that's, yeah, just, that's, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, there was, I'd love to say that we had some great plan, you know, but it was just kind of like, well, uh, we could sit around and we could tweet about how awful this is or we could go down there and try to help, you know, a little bit. And, and, you know, we were able to get some stuff done. Hopefully they didn't get smashed with a bunch of rain and it didn't negate all the efforts for, for anybody. I, I really try to, I, I want to impress this upon everybody. Don't forget about Western Kentucky. Uh, don't feel like if you weren't down there this past week that you missed your opportunity to help out. This isn't a weeks or a month thing. This is truly going to be, years. guys, they're bad. This is years, yeah. I mean, being there in person, it's a very humbling experience. Um, and and the other thing that I wanted to say is just as an observer, you know, as a, as a career civilian, it's pretty cool to watch the the former guard dudes just do their thing. You know they were they were incredibly organized when we got down there, folks in Mayfield. There's no way you could prepare for this. So you know they were kind of wide eyed and, and and they didn't know what hit them. Aaron and his people got down there, really helped kind of direct the flow, helped them establish a little bit of balance. Just overall, it was it was a good experience in an in an awful situation. You know, and we were literally one of the first organizations down there. Wow. Like, literally one of the first organizations down there. Uh, so it, it was amazing. It's been like four or five days on, on the ground. Uh, I'd like to thank all the people who donated at, at the last minute that allowed us to stay, you know, that, that amount of time. And to kind of go back and forth with supplies and people. Uh, you know, our, our little ragtag uh, group of people uh, started at 12, grew to as many as 60 volunteers, like, once we got down there. So it was, uh, it was awesome. And we got to meet, like, some awesome, some truly awesome people uh, as, as well. We got to meet uh, Andrew and Mel. I, I, I believe they live in Paducah. Uh, yeah. 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 They live in Paducah, man. And the, the thing was, like, we just got down to uh, – to Mayfield like Saturday afternoon and we were in a parking lot of this uh, demolished liquor store slash grocery store and uh, we were talking to the owner Mike and, and Mike was telling us you know him and his wife left the building at 940 to go check on one of the other businesses and at 950 the building had collapsed wow you know it, and he was you yeah. know, he was giving us that story with his, with, with his son there and uh, this truck pulls up and, you know, I, I figured a lot of people kind of put up and look at us. Some people may think we're looting or whatever because, you know, it's just a group of guys standing in a parking lot, you know, trying, trying to get their bearings in Mayfield. And this guy comes out of the truck. He's like six foot five, six foot six with a ZZ top beard. And it's like, you guys okay? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. You need some water? You need some food? You need fuel? And I'm like, man, you know, we're doing all right. Dean tells us now I'm from Paducah. I'm just kind of going around, uh, you know, making sure people have what they need. You know, this is our third pass through, you know, before it gets too dark. Just to make sure, you know, people have blankets or warm. They say, no, no, we're here to help. 
So, you know, he thanked us, his, his, him and his girlfriend thanked us for, for helping. And then it was like, before we go, let's all pray. So we got in a circle, we all prayed. And uh, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave you guys beefing anything, you know, just to flag me down. And I got you. I was like, man, thanks. And I was like, you know what? I reached out to him. I was like, you know what? We're going to stay the night. Are the hotels in Paducah uh, are already open? Is the power still on in Paducah and things of that nature? Because the power, at that time, the power was out all through Mayfield. There was no cell phone service, so he couldn't call anybody or check on anybody or check on anything. And uh, and Andrew was literally like, you know what? I got a house in Paducah. It's 30 minutes down the road. It's a three-bedroom house. It's a little messy. But uh, if you guys want to stay there, I give you the keys to my house. I got food, water. And everything you need, you can stay in my house. I can stay in my girlfriend's house when well, you guys stay there. Wow. It, it was just amazing, man. It was literally just amazing. That happened, like, the whole time we were there. It was just, just amazing. I mean, that's just, you know, yeah. that, that that whole, I mean, just to, just to think about it, fellas, and I was definitely following you guys along um, uh, on Twitter, um, just kind of just talking about it and, and just talking about some of your experiences. And, I mean, even in that circumstance, uh, just to have that amount of giving um, is just amazing to me, and just that 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 spirit that that went along with it. Just even following through vicariously through that is just amazing. Uh, Joe, you can go ahead. I I, I didn't want to, but it just that that's just awesome. That's just amazing. I just wanted to say stuff like that. I'm usually very very <laughs> hesitant to post pictures on Twitter. That was not humble bragging. That was not hey look at us. We're yes. out. We're out volunteering. The reason why I posted pictures and kept tweeting updates is, like Haven said, we were down there because other people chipped in. You know, Haven and I physically could be there, but other people monetarily chipped in. And they essentially sponsored us, you know, Mm -hmm. in in our group by paying for the hotel room. So it was magical, you know. I sent out a tweet. Next thing you know, we got another 50 bucks in in the pool. So... It was one of those things of do I do I want to keep tweeting out like hearing updates? This is what we're doing. Hey man, if it gets if it buys if it literally buys us another day, right? Yeah, I'll do that and I'll take I, I I'll just take the flack for it, I guess. So thank you to everyone who who chipped in. Thanks to everyone who who contacted me, DM'd me on Twitter, and said, "Hey, I got family down in Paducah. If y'all need to stay there, you can." Uh, if y'all get hungry, call my boy. He owns a pizza place down there. I mean, it, you hate that 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 it takes something like that for people to come together. But sometimes you are reminded that that we are a little bit more good than bad overall. And uh, when stuff hits the fan, man, human beings have have a great way of coming together and just just making it work. Absolutely, and I think that, and that's kind of to to me the the biggest thing that's that's always amazing, and and something that, you know, you, every nobody knew, uh, you know, last Friday afternoon uh, that any of this was going to be going on. Everybody is, uh, you know, just so consumed with their own lives and and everything else that's going on, and then when something like that strikes and you have disaster that just comes about, <clears throat> the 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 triumph of the American and the just the humanitarian spirit of people. Uh, just wanting to help each other. Um, it kind of it's like you're you're laying down all those differences and just coming together and just wanting to be there to help each other. Uh, and that 
that's just always something that has struck me, uh, you know, especially during times like 9-11 and, and other disasters that have gone about is that, that that always comes through. So anytime, you know, people always want to say that, that news, all they do is talk about bad news and uh, that people always want to just put folks in the worst light possible talking about um, how people do each other. Um, I just want to say thank you to you two uh, for that. But then it's just a reminder to everybody that, you know, at the end of the day, people do care about one another and, and that's very much appreciated. Oh yeah, man. You know, we really, it was really a humbling experience and we really, really enjoyed being able to do something, you know, just being able to help. So man, it, 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 it was truly all awesome and awe inspiring. Well, I, that that is outstanding. That is awesome. And, uh, of course, once again, you are listening uh, to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly going to be taking care of you uh, for the next hour and about 40 minutes uh, as we get into so many different things. And, of course, um, the, the opportunity to uh, have the – uh, their tensions taken away from all the, the devastation in that area. Of course, uh, University of Louisville is going down to Western Kentucky, uh, to a Bowling Green, um, uh, to take on the Hilltoppers in what I guarantee is going to be a very emotional atmosphere. I mean, when you talk about University of Louisville and University of West or West Kentucky University, um, anytime those two teams get together, um, I, you know, I, I've watched neutral site games in Nashville. Um, I saw Montrez <laughs> get into a wrestling match with a guy yeah. <laughs> down there in Western several years ago. Anytime those two teams play, especially when it's down there, it's always just crazy. It's always crazy. It's, it's always something with it. It's always very passionate. Um, you know, so I, I have no doubts that that's going to be an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, and we're going to get into that and just kind of our thoughts of where University of Louisville is and, and just what you all see around that game. But you are listening to Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, Big X Sports Radio, Rashawn, Haven, Joe, and we'll be right back. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Wake up. 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly taking care of you this morning here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. And, uh, yeah, it's about to go down. And let me tell you something, fellas. If if the, the basketball team does not put on their best foot 
and, and put their best foot forward. Um, I have a feeling uh, that it's going to be tough sledding down there in Diddle tonight. It is never an easy task when you're taking on uh, the West Kentucky Hilltoppers. But with everything going on down there, I feel like this is going to be an outlet and a distraction from reality that everybody down in that area is going to take advantage of. And I feel like literally the whole world um are, is going to be uh, west kentucky uh f- basketball fans today i just i have i have that feeling um and i think it's going to be um a very hotly contested very emotional situation um and just by the way uh to let anybody know who wants to get in if you want to get be a part of the show if you have thoughts uh please give us a call 384-1450 um on the big x sports line uh as well you can text us at 414-1450 as well and of course both of those are 502 uh, area code as well um give us a call we'll read your text um live uh, or, or you know take your calls live on the air uh, so if, if you want to be a part of that and of course uh, you can also anytime you are out and about if you want to listen uh, to everything live or go uh, listen to any of the podcasts for wake up 502 uh, just make sure you check out wakeup502.com uh, where you can go ahead and pull up all the great things that have to do with the show um, if you want to follow us um, of course you can follow follow myself uh, Rashawn Myers at Rashawn that is R-A-S-H-A-A-N um, you can also uh, check out Haven what's what's your best Twitter follow follow uh, because i know you have a couple you have your 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 your, uh burner accounts and everything else (laughs) you know hot legs 54 i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you can catch me uh at me sports me sports on twitter it's it's probably when i use the most i like it i like it and joe of course everybody knows where they can follow you at but go ahead you can let them know No, now Joe's ignoring us. That's at that boy's good. Just FYI. It's okay. You can ignore us, Joe. It's it's fine. It's not like we're doing a radio show this morning, but it's okay. It's all right. My bad, buddy. My bad. I I, mm. I, I put y'all on mute. Oh. On break. That way nobody would hear me. <laughs> that way nobody would hear me banging around in the kitchen. <laughs> and they're cooking. Always uh-huh. cooking, Joe. Cooking, grilling, doing uh, something. Always. Always, right? So, 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 th- th- of course, that that's of course your 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 tw- your best Twitter sphere, correct? At that boy's good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I actually have zero burner accounts, believe it or not. <laughs> I I have none. If you block me, I just I, I don't know what you tweet anymore. <laughs> and D- Joe doesn't need burner accounts because literally Joe will just say whatever comes to mind on his primary <laughs> Twitter handle. So he has no need to have that kind of outlet Twitter. He just literally just gives it to everybody all the time. <laughs> Very yeah, you know, at least I'm consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Joe, let me ask you first, uh, just about, uh, you know, of course, um, the Cardinals going down to take on the Hilltoppers today. Um, just from what we've seen, of course, everybody was very upset about the, the, the Paul loss. Um, and, and I feel like nobody was really, even though Louisville came out and literally did everything that they needed to versus Southeastern Louisiana last time out on Tuesday evening. Um, I feel like nobody really cared. <laughs> about anything that Louisville did in that game. Like, literally, there was no credit given. There was no, uh, hey, look, they, they did this better. Hey, look, we, they shot better. Hey, look, they like, I feel like no one really cares, and everybody's just really waiting for, for what's going to happen today at 3 o'clock on CBS. A- am I reading that wrong? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, you don't, you don't really get a whole lot after you lose to DePaul. 
especially when you when you follow up a loss to the Paul play in a directional school. It's kind of like, hey man, I fed I fed my kids three times yesterday, <laughs> dummy. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't get a prize for that. That was that's bare minimum. I, you know, going into this game this afternoon, I guess I guess I'll just cut to it and, and get this party started right now. We're looking at a uh, potential make or break game for for the tournament resume because we talked about Matt can't lose too many more games, you know, before conference play starts. You got the Kentucky game that I think most fans have pretty much gone on and mailed in and believe Kentucky will will cruise through. Um. This could be another loss, and guys, I'm just kind of reading the the temperature in the room. No pun intended. There, you got seven NFL teams that are that are having to lock it up and, and postpone games. We're seeing Miami and Ohio State had to cancel games this weekend. Forfeit games. I'm sorry, forfeit games. And we didn't handle COVID a couple of years ago as well as some other schools did. So we could we could potentially have some forfeits also on the, on the road. Oh, what do y'all think about today's game? Oh my gosh! Like I I can't deal. Yeah, you hadn't thought about that, had you? Oh, <laughs> I can't deal See, with any more forfeits. It's never too early man. on a Saturday. For, it's it's never too early on a Saturday for me to kick the hornet's nest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I can't. Like after last year, that was one thing that. Definitely worried me um, just about uh, the the game in general, and just uh, well, of course with with everything getting colder and people going inside, and of course you have uh, your, your people that have not gotten vaccinated as of yet, and then even bigger than that, folks that have not gotten the booster. One of the the big things about the booster is you know nobody knows how long your resistance when you got the initial shots. Um, last, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, anytime you get a vaccination, it has a shelf life of effectiveness. Um, and of course, with this being a brand new vaccine, nobody really knows how long your immunity is going to stick or, or how long you're going to have the highest level of, uh, you know, protection. Uh, so it was for me, um, of course, as, as soon as I had the opportunity to get the booster, um, I was going to go ahead and, and get that taken care of. But this is one thing that I worried about. Um, for those that, you know, decided, well, you know, I got the, at least the first shot or the first couple shots, so I'm good now. So, you know, I don't have to worry about going back and getting a booster shot. The one thing that I did worry about, um, you know, with most of the folks that got those shots, got those, what, uh, January, February, March of last year, April, something like that, um, that, you know, once we got back around to this cold season, that if you had not gotten the booster, there would be an opportunity for um, a lot of spread of, of the COVID. And unfortunately, that seems to be coming true because some of these teams, I mean, the Cleveland Browns have just been absolutely ravaged um, by COVID. So, yeah, Joe, please, please don't. I, I really, I, I know that it's there, but I really, really don't want to start with the, uh, with the, um, Su- suspension of games or um, I, completely getting rid of no, games. Man, leg- it, it is a legit concern this season, and it doesn't leave you. It it really is is unfortunate for a team like Louisville that could potentially be a bubble team this year. You know, I yeah. mean, they don't have any games that they can spare at this point. So if they do get a stretch where where they have to forfeit a couple, man, we could be talking about. Yeah, we understand COVID, but that's two years of, of during COVID that, that we missed the tournament. 
Yeah, no, I know, and I think that was probably the biggest reason because Louisville definitely, to me, with the the resume that they had, um, they were deserving of a spot um, in the tournament. Unfortunately, I feel like those canceled games were a lot of win- winnable games or games that I thought Louisville would get the lion's share of most of those. And then at that point, I feel like it would have been a foregone conclusion that they made the tournament. Uh, but having that forfeiture of games and, and having to get uh, get those games basically postponed and never made up just killed them. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's one of those things, especially when you have a West Kentucky team uh, that, you know, I won't say that they're good, uh, but at least they are decent. Uh, you feel like they will be a team that will uh, be in the mix uh, in, in Conference USA, they'll have an opportunity to win that conference. So anytime you can have a team uh, that is decent, it's okay. I mean, they're coming off a blowout win over Ole Miss, uh, where Ole Miss was, uh, you know, had a pretty good thing going on heading into that game, uh, and they just dog walked. Uh, the Rebels um, the last time out. So, I mean, this is a team that has an opportunity to put, put up a bunch of wins. So, you know, that that was one of the, th- the thoughts. But And the unfortunate thing for Louisville is, um, while, yes, uh, they have beaten three Power 5 teams, something that Kentucky has not done yet. They have not beaten a Power 5 uh, team as of yet. Um, the one thing that you thought for Louisville was, yeah, they have the win over on the road at NC State. They have the uh, Mississippi State and Maryland wins. Um, but you had opportunities with Furman and with DePaul to beat a couple of teams that seem like they're going to be pretty good in their conferences. Um, and they lost both of those. Um, so this is their third opportunity uh, to beat one of these mid-majors that may have a decent um, uh, rating, um, you know, power ranking, at, you know, throughout the season. So I, I think we have to see that. Haven Harrington, like for you, um, just on the emotional side of the game, like what, what does, does Louisville need to either – do you think that it's more important them, for them to get up and be intense or do they need to kind of just like relax and just play it like it's any other game? Like what, what do you think about that? You know, my, my initial thoughts on the game was that this team it just has to figure out who they are first. Yeah. First and foremost, they have to find an identity. And this team has yet to figure out what kind of basketball they want to play and how they want to play it. And you can't play – consistent winning basketball if you don't know what you do best and who you are. So that's that's the first thing they have to do is figure out like who they are, what they want to do, and how they want to do it. And then, you know me, I'm, I'm all about intensity. Uh, you know, th- that's just the way I roll. You know, I, I believe in the three Ds of sports, death, doom, and destruction. <laughs> you know, your job every time you hit the court, you hit the field, or whatever sport you play, is to completely overpower and demoralize your opponent. And that, that's what Louisville should do. And Louisville has the talent, I think, to be a very good team and to still accomplish all the goals that they've set out for themselves this year. But they're not going to accomplish their goals if they can't figure out who they are and what they are. And time's ticking because they, they better hurry up. Yeah, legit. Like I, I feel like all of that is absolutely true. And when you're taking on Weston, who's basically got the, uh, the Kentucky – the Kentucky basketball player All Stars <laughs> on their roster. There's a lot of guys that a lot of big chips. Yeah, a lot of chips on the shoulders. You know, there's a lot of guys that were overlooked, and you know because Kentucky's too chicken. You know what to play Western Louisville is kind of like anytime these these local teams go big game hunting. Louisville's the only one that's going to step up to the mic and and give them the opportunity, especially on the road in Diddle. That's one thing that I will give Louisville credit for, 
is that they go out there, A, they play Western, and B, they play Western at Western um, in, in both sports. Of course, in football, they usually do a neutral site in that area, but at least they go down there and they play that game, something that can't be said for the University of Kentucky in either sport, um, that they kind of basically stay away from Western Kentucky. So I do give them credit, but with that, you have a lot of kids that ha- have been waiting for that opportunity, um, and they be- definitely are probably playing Phil Collins right now, <laughs> getting ready uh, for that game. Joe, for, for, for you, I- I'll ask that question to you um, as well. Is it more about the emotion or is it more about the execution? Haven, of course, you know, that thinks that the execution is, is paramount, which I definitely agree. But do you think that that emotion uh, does play a factor in, in this type of, you know, kind of underrated rivalry game? Uh, I think it will. I, I think also you mentioned earlier the uh, the moment that I really – this is going to sound awful, man. I would I really will always wonder – what would have happened if Trez would have just swung? I, I kind of want to know. <laughs> you know, I, I just I want to know what would have happened if Trez would have gave that cow the gas. Because, yeah. Hey. But they they do get chippy, and and I don't blame them. Okay, I want to go on and say that right now. I'm not I'm not calling the guys dirty or any of that. You do what you got to do when you're the quote scrappy underdog and that's how western feels when they come into this game as you all noted they're the they're the kentucky high school all-star team and they didn't get they were overlooked by the louisville's and the kentucky's you know of of the state kind of reminds me of when when fiu would roll into miami and just give them a spanking oh yeah i mean you know i mean i i think that that's a big part of it and one of my things about about this and i intentionally said rivalry game because um you know people always talk about louisville uh and kentucky uk um as a rivalry but anybody and i will definitely direct it to these coach mac and these players is if you don't think that these kids believe that this is a rivalry and that they bring that rivalry aspect to it um you're get doing a disservice to your team and you're doing a disservice to the passion of those kids uh, because when these kentucky kids see that louisville or that kentucky across that jersey it means more because all these guys think that they should be playing at the University of Louisville. So um, I don't care if it's Davion McKnight, uh, Jamarion Sharp, uh, or any of the rest of these guys, Cam Justice. All these guys are Kentucky kids that feel like they have enough to be there, and they should be wearing those colors. So, um, fellas, you better strap up because it's going to be a monster. I I guarantee it. Uh, You are listening to Big X Sports Radio. Wake up 502, Rashawn, Haven, Joe, and we'll be right back on Big X Sports Radio.
And welcome back in. Welcome back in. Wake up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrison, Joe Kelly taking care of you this morning. Uh, talking all things uh, local and national athletics. And of course, University of Louisville. Uh, is the topic du jour basketball version uh, as it's about to go down today. Louisville, Western Kentucky, uh, EA Diddle Arena is the place. Bowling Green is the city. Um, and, of course, uh, we are getting into the uh, breakdown of, of what we're going to see uh, because I, I think that it's going to be a very, um, very good game. Uh, this is a Western Kentucky team uh, that is – Actually, very similar uh, to what Louisville just went up against against DePaul, uh, where you have a team with a lot of very good, savvy, talented guards and an athletic post player um, that can make things difficult at the rim. I, I felt like um, that was the recipe for success against Louisville um, in uh, route to the Cardinals taking a bunch of three-point shots, uh, just a, way too many. I believe they took 32 uh three-pointers uh, in that game uh, against DePaul, and they did not do a good job at all of getting paint touches. That's something that we saw um, Chris Mack put a big-time emphasis on in the Southeastern Louisiana game was going out there, uh, getting those paint touches, and really uh, making a point to attack the basket. Well, um, there's a big man uh, that plays center at uh, West Kentucky, seven foot, I believe Jamarion is seven foot three, uh, Jamarion Sharp. Uh, from Hopskinville, Hoptown product uh, down there doing work uh, for the, the Hilltoppers. He's a big, long, lean, athletic kid. Um, he can get up. Uh, he can definitely discourage shots in the paint. Um, so we're going to have to see if Louisville learned their lessons because uh, I think this is going to be a game where, once again, you're going to have to put the pressure on the defense. Now, Louisville does have guys that were reputed as shooters coming in. Of course, we know um, that Noah Locke, uh, came in as a uh, one of the all-time three-point shooters in Florida Gators history. Uh, we know that that you know Matt Cross um, has that a reputation as well. Um, they have not shot it as well as one would have liked, and believe it or not, this Louisville team percentage-wise is worse shooting uh, a worse shooting team than last year's Louisville team. And everybody knows that team couldn't hit the blinds out of a barn. So, um, you know, I think that Coach Mack mentioned, and I agree with him that it's more shot quality. Um, which is the biggest issue, um, as well as just the fact that they did have some open shots that the guys rushed. Um, they really didn't get their feet under them, um, and ultimately they missed those shots. Um, but I think that putting um, the pressure on the defense, attacking the basket, drawing fouls, they only had three free throws uh, in that game against DePaul, uh, which is, uh, uh, I know Coach Mack said, absolutely ridiculous. I think that's the perfect word. That's ridiculous that you have a team that you have such a superior size um, and athletic uh you know, advantage over that you only get to the free throw line three times because you basically say, you know what, they have this big, long, athletic guy down there, so I'm just going to jack up a bunch of three-point shots. Um, and, and I think that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, and, you know, I, I think that they made the right move, and uh, Joe Haven, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like they made the right move going ahead and setting Jalen Withers, um, athletic, big, tall, strong, goofy butt on the bench because he's not been playing well um and i think that was the proper move until Jalen gives you more of what you're looking for but fellas i'm gonna tell you who i'm looking at now uh that i think might be the next one that needs to sit his tail right on that bench and that's noah Locke. like i feel like noah is not 
meeting the effort and energy. Like the only time I feel like he's interested in basketball right now for Louisville is when he has the ball in his hand. So he can hurry up and get a shot up. Uh, and, and, am I wrong with that, or, or are you seeing that as well? Well, we kind of know that he doesn't give you a whole lot. Defense wasn't, wasn't the reason why he transferred in. Yes. That's not the reason Mack recruited him. So, we're you know, we, we knew that going in, and, and you can live with that if those are those are the expectations. But it's kind of like we've I've joked about with Bobby, you know, when Bobby Petrino was here. You put up with all the bad stuff because you win. You put up with the guy not being, being giving you a whole lot of effort, giving you a whole lot as far as uh, consistent defense, because you're hoping to get those wide open shots. You're hoping that he can stretch out the offense. You're not getting that from him. So at this point, there play the guys that you're getting that you're getting produ- uh, production from. Stop with the stop forcing lineups. There's some guys that I just I, I think. I think the offense stops when they're on the court. Hate to say it because I've I've been a big fan of him since day one. I, I we're getting nothing from Sam. Yeah, nothing. I mean, look, look, literally between Sam and Jalen Withers in that DePaul game, zero points, fellas. Six rebounds, zero points. You almost had uh, Roosevelt Wheeler. Yeah, right, right. I mean, Rose Wheeler almost matched their stats. <laughs> in his, you know, eight, eight, ten minutes on the court against the Paul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at the, at this point, I really think you got to say, I'm tightening the lineup, and you all, I, I don't, I don't even care what happens at practice anymore. You got to do something in games if you want minutes. Otherwise, I'll just run with the same eight guys. Because and the and the question. I kept posing to to Haven while we were while we were riding down to Mayfield last week. You know, yeah, I understand that we have the bodies, and everybody talks about we've got the depth, we've got the depth, we can we can run two lineups. Can we really? If they're not, if one of the lineups gives you nothing, true. Is it really? Is it is it really depth if it's if it has no value? It's just bodies at this point. I'm sorry to be that way. I, I, I'm not trying to dog anybody out. I don't like doing that. But there, there's a huge drop-off between the two squads. I, and, and you know what, Joe? I think a lot of it has to do with identity. And, I, Haven, I think you spoke to that as well. It's kind of that identity of who they are and what they want to be. Um, and, and the one thing that I'm going to say, Joe, about your point with Noah – I don't think Chris Mack believed that in taking on Noah Locke, he was going to accept substandard defense and effort. Um, And I think that's where I have the biggest issue with him is that Mack never um, says I'm okay with playing lesser defense. I mean, one of the reasons that Noah came to Louisville was because he wanted to show he could be more than just a shooter because that was his whole thing. I never get to touch the ball. I never get to dribble. All Florida wanted me to do was spot up and shoot. And there's a reason for that. And literally, that's what it right. looks like. Because when you have the ball in your hand, all I see is anytime you dribble the ball, um, when you attack, you either get the ball stolen, dribble it off your foot, or you end up throwing some half-cocked, you know, floater throw throw shot up at the rim with no type of ability to really attack and make a play for yourself or make your play for somebody else, which is what you told us you wanted to do. You wanted to prove that you could be an on-the-ball uh, playmaking facilitating guard. And you're not. 
know, and, and, and to me, I, I think the core issue with this Cardinal team, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but to me it, it seems like Mac went out there and got the best players that were available in, in, in the transfer portal. You know, he went out there and got the best players he could get in, but maybe the best players that didn't fit his system or the system that they wanted to run. And I think that's some of the issues you have now. You know, you got all these guys in with length and talent and guys supposed to be shooters, supposed to be able to do this, that, and the third. But did you really get guys in that fit the new system that you wanted to run? And it seems like that's not what happened. And he kind of got guys in there to fit kind of like the system that he used to run, but not the system that he wanted to run. So now you're kind of stuck in this juxtaposition on what do you do. You, know, you spent the whole summer installing an offense, mm-hmm. but you're starting an offense for players that really don't excel at that type of offense. Like Noah Locke is, is, is a pick-and-pop guy, and that's all he is. You know, you run a screen for him, and he's a set-up shooter. Well, I, and I think that you make a good point with that too, Haven, because when you have him just doing that, and being just a setup shooter, but then right next to him you have Jared West, who's a guy who's trying to like almost intentionally never shoot the ball and never be aggressive because I'm going to be quote unquote the defensive hustle guy and, and Mr. Leadership guy. Like Louisville needs more out of both of those guys. Am I am I wrong? You definitely need more out of both of them. But the offense you have, can you get more? Can you can you get out of them? I, I mean, feel like you can. Like I, I don't I don't like to me especially. This is the thing with both of those guys. A Noah, I'm going to need for you to try to be aggressive. Like, that's the thing with both of the Louisville starting guards right now, right? This this whole system is set up on passing, penetration, attacking the basket, and then forcing those paint touches to get other guys shot. Like, I don't even see either one of those guys trying. Like, we'll see. Because uh, they can't. I mean, that's not what they do. I mean, Noah Locke can't dribble, so force issues is, is, is not going to be what he does. That's true. I mean, he, he's just he a pick-and-pop guy. He can't dribble. I mean, man. But L. Ellis, he could do that. Does anybody on the team have worse handles than Sam Williamson and Noah Locke? Like, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it is what it is. And it's like, you just have to play to your strengths. And Noah, Noah has proven he's a pick-and-pop guy. And that's all he is. He's just a pick-and-pop dude. Your job is to be like Jeff Hall back in the 80s. You stand in the corner. And we'll just throw you the ball when you're open and you just shoot it. So at that, let me ask both of you all, and I'm going to ask you this straight up. At that point, if you aren't going to have Jarrett West being that guy, but you have to have him on the court because he's so good on defense. Like, he's a absolute monster. He's one of the best on-ball defensive players Louisville's ever had. Um, w- with what he gives you defensively, can you continue to start Noah Locke if he's not going to give you that? No. You can't. No. I mean, Noah Locke is no, the pick and pop guy. But- pick and pop. That's all that. If you want to like run the but, offense that you said you wanted to run, you got to play L. Ellis. You got to play the guy that can make his own shot, that can break down the defense, if that's what you want to do. Here's my only issue, though, with that. And right now I would say you've got to have L. Ellis coming off the bench because without without him coming off the bench, yeah, you can go. we can go in a drought. We can just absolutely – you can see an eight-point swing happen. If if L's not, he's he is the closest thing to a spark plug we have off the bench. When he's on, he's on. That's the problem with him, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's kind of a poor man's Russ Dickius. It it, this team and and that's a look. I don't think they have a Final Four run in them, 
right now. But I also didn't think the 2012 team did either. And and that team sure. will always kind of screw with me as far as what my expectations are. And I realized that you get the right bracket, you, you know, you get to you, you start firing on all cylinders at the right time. Anything anybody can go on a run. He reminds me a lot of Russ in in, in the, on that team. No, I mean that's a good, that's excellent. I mean, I mean that Russ Smith element to him uh, really is what he gives you, especially a young Russ Smith. When when Russ was young uh, and just kind of figuring it out in 2012, you never knew what you were going to get out of him. <laughs> you never you you got nervous right. when Peyton Siva uh, fouled out of that game against Florida, and it was basically up to Russ to get Louisville to the Final Four. <laughs> I feel like every Louisville fan was like Jesus. <laughs> what is about yeah. to happen? <laughs> well, fellas, we are done. That's an hour in the books already, and I feel like we were just getting warmed up and just getting started. Uh, you are listening uh, to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. We got another hour left, fellas. We're going to probably chat a little bit more about this basketball team and kind of wrap that conversation. And then we're going to get into so much more. We have a new board, or excuse me, a new uh, uh ad we have a new president um we're gonna get into that and kind of the thoughts around that whole situation and much much more on wake up 502 big x sports radio 96.1 fm 1450 a.m and we'll be right back Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. It's going down here in the Derby City on a Saturday morning. A little Roxanne, Roxanne, UTFO. Haven Harrington, uh, just let me know that Kanko Kid just passed away. Uh, so I, I did not know that. I did not know that. So shout, shout out to, to UTFO. Um, a l- little bit of historical hip hop there for you. Um, as we are talking all things uh, University of Louisville Athletics, uh, you know, and, and all the things going on um, surrounding uh, just the university in general. Um, but, I, you know, me and Haven did have a bit of a conversation that I do want to close up with just in regards to the basketball team um, and, and kind of the reasons for their struggle before we kind of hit on to everything else going on and I think it definitely is something that needs to be um, said and mentioned that you know people want to know why um, the team is struggling so badly and why you know why they're having some of the struggles that they are and, and I think that you know Haven, you talked about the fact that they don't really know or they aren't really able to do what Chris Max telling them uh, to do but I, I think that part of it uh, one thing about Ross McMains, and, and I've heard it with him in just speaking about uh, what he wants to see offensively and what Louisville needs to do, he is one of those basketball nerds. 
Okay, he's one of those dudes that can get really granular and get really down in the weeds in terms of just talking about analytics and, and, you know, paint touches and and how we need to go in at these angles. And and he's just very, very detail oriented. And I think that one of the issues for Louisville in general is that there has been a lot of paralysis by analysis. And what that basically means is, is that when you're out there, people have always said, you can't it's hard to play fast when you're thinking all the time and i think that this louisville team has gotten uh really in a situation where they're always thinking uh and and i think that that's one of the biggest things about this offense that they need to kind of simplify the verbiage and simplify what they need to be doing i feel like you need to um break it down barney style uh to these guys and really just kind of get them understanding here this is what we want you to do okay you all may not understand the intricacies of what they're trying to do with this four out five out motion offense but you know a uh you know jared i need you to do this and you need to look to do this every time l i need you to do this every time uh you know this is where we want you at you know because it's a lot about read and react and and attacking open spaces and doing all these things because analytically these are the best things to do but i i feel like the guys are just thinking too much joe am i wrong like to me like sometimes when i look at l ellis on the court it almost looks like he the brother is in pain he's thinking so much (laughs) am i crazy nah man i feel uh l ellis though i mean he he i I, I get it. I think he has ADHD. I mean, I I just think that poor that poor guy, kid, man, he's got one speed. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I say he's got a little bit of ridiculous in him. It can be a good thing. We just we gotta we gotta get him we gotta get him roped in though. You know, he needs to harness that a little bit better. I don't know, Rashawn, guys. I mean, this, I. I I don't know if it's because typically this is around the time that I really get into basketball. You know, I'm more focused on football until you get closer to the UK game. Right. That's sort of, okay, it's it's basketball season now. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of ugly losses that have made me think about basketball a little bit more in December, <laughs> in late November, than, than I'm accustomed to. Right. I can't put my finger on this team. I, I really can't, and that's why I bring up my my fear is that we we get a couple of forfeits due to COVID, where it's we don't even get a chance to roll the ball on the court and find out, you know how how does this team look on on this night? And and I don't know how long COVID is a, is a passable excuse. I, I really mean that. I have no idea. Not to the fans, uh, not to the players, and hell, not to back himself even. It's a very confusing, the whole construct of it. I have to agree with what you all said earlier. That it looks like they went out and got the best guys they could, but I don't know that those guys necessarily fit what we think we want to do. And I don't know that Max completely sold on what on this new offense and, and, <laughs> and what he wants to do and what we're trying to implement. A lot of question marks to this team, and, and I have no answers right now. So y'all help me out. It's almost like they're trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. You know, you're trying to make guys do things that they're not comfortable doing or they're not prepared to do on a consistent basis. And and, and that's what, especially offensively, like that's what they look like. Like you're trying to make them do things that they just can't do. Like they're not constructed to do. Like, okay, let's run. We're going to run. We're going to be an up and down team. 
but yet you don't put guys in there that want to run. Uh, like Ellis is, is your best guard. If you want to run, then he's the guy that has to have the ball and initiate the offense and run because he's the guy that can break down the defense. He's a slasher. He's going to attack the basket. That's what he does. But the other guards, they don't do that. So you really can't run. It's, it's almost like if you want to take like, the bad boy Detroit Pistons and try to make them showtime. You know, it just doesn't work. You know, it's, it's, it's not who they are. It's not their makeup. That's not what they're going to do. They're not going to be showtime. I, I don't care what you try to do. It ain't happening. <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because Joe talked about the buy-in from the coach level. Um, and, and, Joe, I'm going to tell you what. In that post-game press conference in DePaul, I'm going to tell you what. Mac came in that press conference like, yeah, this ain't going to work here. Right. Like, he literally right. came in with that. Like, he looked at <laughs> he looked at that press sheet, at, at the score sheet, the box score, and he was like, 33-pointers, only three rebounds. Like, this whole offensive setup is something that completely goes against Mac's heart because Mac is a ground-and-pound, physical, we're going to dominate you, lean on you until we choke you out type coach. Okay, so this kind of freedom of movement, analytic-based kind of space, uh, read-and-react type deal kind of goes against his own sensibilities. So I feel like it was funny because when he came out to the press conference following uh, the DePaul game prior to Southeastern Louisiana, you could hit, you could tell that he and Ross had a lot of conversations because <laughs> the first thing he comes out and says, well, you know, fellas, the game is changing. And, you know, analytically, this is the way guys play now. And, you know, we just got to keep working at it. And I feel like that was the, the pitch and the conversation that Ross had with Chris. And Chris just came out and just kind of regurgitated it to the to the, the, the media, assembled media. Because it feels like he's trying to convince himself that this is what they need to be doing. So I think that, Joe, your point is very apropos that I don't even know if Max completely bought in yet. And I feel like if they drop another game like that and have those silly numbers, he may tell Ross to go sit in the corner and shut up. Like you know, that's that that'll be again. I know I'm giving all the uh, the doomsday prognostications for U of L basketball. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just you know, we've been covering U of L for how long now? Long time. Murphy's Law. Am I right? If it can if it can go wrong, it will. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch Mac because yeah, if we get another December loss outside of that Kentucky game, and depending on how the Kentucky game goes, because as I said earlier, I think the fans have gone on and written that one off. I don't know. I don't. I hope to God Chris Mack hasn't. I was going to say first of all, I, I don't know why they should. Like literally, uh, Kentucky just lost to a three and four Notre Dame team. So like, let's just pump the brakes on how great Kentucky is. Like the only good game that I'm they've played saying. against directional universities. Man, I, I I don't think people's fear is how good Kentucky is. I I think it's more right. fear that we're just not going to show up. Exactly. Exactly. And and how many years there have been years that. We had the better team, and we still lost that game. Well, you know, the, the Sweet 16 in 2014. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and, and truthfully, and you know what, fellas, I just thought about this. This is the last show that we're going to do before the Kentucky game because Kentucky, Louisville plays Kentucky this Wednesday. 
Like yep. literally, the, 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 that's one thing that that's an angle that I didn't even think about. But this is going to be our last time to get our thoughts on that. Uh, will be today this morning. Um, but yeah, but you know what? I will give Chris Mack credit. This is one thing with the Kentucky rivalry um, is that Louisville's been ready to play every year. They should have won the first game if David Johnson could have hit free throws. I think he missed like eight or ten free throws in that first game in Rupp in Mack's first season. Um, they should have won that game. They did win the last game that they played, um, you know, the, the last year. Uh, but I, I think that um, Louisville's has always played well in that game. So, so like, unlike the Patino years where I was always worried about Louisville just coming in and just being just completely out of it, like, I don't worry about that uh, with Mac. Uh, now, you do have to add in the caveat of this whole new offense has them looking completely – distraught on top of the fact that Chris Mack missing those six games missed a lot of developmental time and I think that's one of the things that people aren't giving enough credence to uh, when they are very disparaging of Mack and how he's doing because I've heard a lot of this uh, where people talk about you know oh they did better uh, you know when Pigs was in there and oh they looked like this and oh they look like that um Coach Mack, you know, just like every coach, it takes time for them to kind of fine-tune and get everybody on the same page. Um, and I think that does have a lot to do with it. A- am I wrong about that, Joe? Like, Do you think people are kind of jumping on Mack's neck a little bit early? I, I just think that Louisville fans are so desperate for something to be excited about that whether it be Scott Satterfield or, uh, or, or Chris Mack, Whichever one the spotlight's on at that moment, you better win. Give give the fan base something because right now they're just so tired of, of all the gut shots that they ain't impressed. You know, yeah. Uh, they want something to wrap their arms around it. And yeah, even the I'm volleyball gonna... team <laughs> lost. Joe, the volleyball team lost in the final four <laughs> to Wisconsin. Well, you know. It, and and that's something that I that I kind of wanted to comment on is that I, I understand that the volleyball team and the and the and walls and the and the women's team are doing great, and I'm not I'm not downplaying that at all. A lot of fans get so defensive when they see people on Twitter, they see people on social media saying everything's awful as a U of L fan, and they jump in and they say, no, it's not. The volleyball team's doing great. The women's basketball team's doing great. Okay, I don't know a whole lot of people that become fans of schools because of those two programs. <laughs> I'm not saying it. This morning happen. on Wake Up 502, Joe says he hates women's sports. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, damn, man! Don't be coming for me. <laughs> but and, and that's you know, I mean, y'all know that's not what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. It's, but they're they're the they're the two big sports that that they draw your fan base, they draw your revenue. And when when they're not performing, it's awful, absolutely awful. And then you, you sprinkle in rogue boards and you know and all that. So is Mac on the hot seat? Yeah, I guess. But is it warranted? Yeah. When you look around the room and and see what U of L fans have been have been put through, you got to win, man. I agree. Win cares everything. Just win, baby. Al Davis said it best. Track suit mafia. Hey, get it done. 
I got, no, I, I agree with you, and, and I think that it would definitely be good for Mac to go ahead and get this win today. Uh, it would be wonderful if they, if they could get the win against Kentucky on Wednesday. I'll be very interested to see what Kentucky looks like against North Carolina because the more the more I look at this, no, this no, con- it doesn't matter. No, well, why so? It doesn't matter how how they look against North Carolina. It, it won't matter because it never has mattered in the past. Kentucky always gets up to play U of L, regardless. Regardless of who they play, regardless of how bad they look throughout the season, you know when we come to play, they come to play. And they really come to play. Like Kentucky has put that hate in their heart for everything U of L. And they're going to come to play regardless. Regardless of how bad they are, they're going to come with L's down, ready to go. <laughs> and, and we just have to match it. And I, I think Chris Mack is in a better position to match it than Scott Satterfield. Uh, but they're going to have to match it because they're going to come to play regardless. I don't care how bad they get. They could lose about 55 points to North Carolina, and it won't matter because come Wednesday, they're going to put it on us, and we got to be ready. Oh, I, I definitely think that there's going to be a, a lot of things. It's going to be a clash of styles. Um, it's going to be two teams that both like to get up and down and run. The biggest thing I, I said about the Kentucky-North Carolina matchup is I, I'm starting to see some uh, some – tendencies from Kentucky um, just in terms of, of how they are becoming very very focused on on everything happening in the low post with uh, their big guy um, you know I, I feel like they aren't they're becoming very one-dimensional right now like a, a lot of the guys um, that they thought were going to be a big part of that like Ty Ty Washington um, is, is playing pretty well um, Wheeler their, their point guard um, has been kind of hot and cold he's so small when you're five eight playing point guard at the at the power five level it's difficult on you because most times you're going to be playing against bigger guards. I mean, even he's small versus Southern, like Southern's guards were blocking his shot when he tried to get into the basket. Like to me, that's a bit of a problem. So, you know, I've, I've got to see more from their guard play um, because I I think that they have been less than what people expected. Like Ty Ty's pretty good. Like I, I keep trying to, um, reference what he looks like in terms of a Kentucky point guard. And he just he, he reminds me of Brandon Knight. He's a guy who's definitely more of a scorer than a facilitator. He's not a guy who's going to get the ball and attack and get a bunch of assists. That's just not who he is. He, he kind of will get some accidental assists just because he has the ball in his hands. And if he can't shoot, sometimes, uh, you know, he, he'll make he'll find the open man and they'll hit a shot. But he's not a guy who's breaking down the defense and getting to the basket type point guard that's not who he is um so it's, it's gonna be that that's gonna be very interesting I just want to see if they have a little bit more diversity um in their game on Saturday you know today at, at what I think it's 5 30 uh yeah. is when they're gonna play Kentucky uh on CBS uh, play North Carolina excuse me uh on CBS so I I, I just want to see what else they have um, because right now that their best offense is just throw up a bad shot and then hope uh, to goodness uh, they can just rebound the miss and put it in. And Shwebe has been good at rebounding like everything. I mean, Big Oscar did a good job. Well, that was one of the interesting things. Like, like literally Notre Dame held him to seven rebounds. And they basically just put three guys on him, even though, because, you know, Notre Dame's not a big athletic physical team, but they just put three guys on him. It was like, we're going to block you out with three people and we're just not going to let you rebound. Uh, and Kentucky lost that game. You know, sometimes, you know, that's what you have to do against Dennis Rodman. You just got to block him out. I'm telling you. 
I, I, you know, I mean, like he he's gives that effort, but you got to be more than that. So you know, K- Kentucky they have their own list of problems, litany of problems. But you know, of course, the the, the first thing, first things first is uh, what's going on uh, this Saturday uh, for both of these teams as they have their tune up. They have Western Kentucky as well as North Carolina uh, on the schedules, and then at that point. Louisville, Kentucky hate week officially starts, even though it's going to be a short week. I'm very sad that this game is not taking place on Saturday. Like, the fact that this is going to be a Wednesday game, that's when you know both teams are kind of struggling. (laughs) It's when ESPN and the powers that be don't even care to put this on a weekend. Put you on the Ocho, baby. Put you on the Ocho. That's terrible. Come on. Hey, you know what? You're listening to Wake Up 502. we got a couple segments left for you. If you want to get in, 384-1450. We'd love to talk to you on the Big X Sports line as well. 414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. We'll read your text next. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, and we will be right back. So you think you're bad with your rap? Well, I'll tell you, Pilgrim, I started the crap. When you were in diapers and wetting the sheets, I was at the Ponderosa rapping to the beat. Da ha, da ha, da ha, 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 ha. Sure, I rustled some cattle and tended the sheep, but my main concern was rapping to the beat. I don't bother nobody, I'm a real nice guy. Kinda laid back like a dead fly. Da ha, Hey, welcome back in. Welcome back. Wake up 502. Coming back with a little bit of rapping Duke. John Wayne. Hilarious, man. That's that's classic. I told you, hey, I was going to take you back on that one. Man, that was my jam back in the day. Good lord. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I remember pop locking in that. <laughs> Joe, what you know about that rapping Duke? Man, I seriously just sat here and was like, I know this, but only because I'm a music nerd. I don't know why I know this. I don't, I don't, what are we doing? What are we doing? Hey, I promise. I still have the 12 inch. Wow. Wow, that's hey, I'm telling you, man, that's the that's like the forefathers of rap. Yeah, that UTFO man just got me, you know, going down the the rabbit hole <laughs> of hip hop, of just old school classic hip hop. <laughs> but we are back here, man, just talking about all things sports. Of course, there's so many things going on. Um, we've kind of been basketball heavy with a couple of big time games on the schedule for for Louisville with you know two in state rivalry games basically back to back. Um, I don't know how many times that's happened, but uh, it's very entertaining. Uh, you know, it, it's it's fun to talk about, but there's a lot of gnashing of teeth and apprehension uh, around everything regarding uh, Louisville athletics. Of course, um, earlier this week, uh, University of Louisville uh, announced uh, the positions uh, being filled by Vince Tyree and Neely Bendapudi when they announced Josh Harrod is the uh, AD, uh, the interim AD, as well as um, Dr. Gonzalez as the interim president. Um what did you guys think about that? I I know that um, uh, Ricky Jones, uh, Doctor Jones, came out with a very interesting uh, uh, 
article uh, in the courier uh, just kind of talking about all those things haven you actually uh you know put it out there i i saw it i think on your either your news feed or you may have even actually sent me uh, the message in uh, text. i sent you the message yes <laughs> talking about it um i thought it was interesting like what, what did you think about a the, the appointments and then b what kind of you know dr jones had to say about oh uh, so like the positions of things the interim ad hair uh, that was a you know foregone conclusion most likely he'll be the next AD. Uh, you know, he started on early time, came back, left, came back, now has worked on these events. So, you know, he can pull both of the factions together, all the guys who are just for time and, you know, the guys who hate events and then the guys who hated time and just for events. He can kind of mend some of those broken fences, hopefully, and, and pull some of those guys together. He's been involved in athletic program forever. So that, that was easy transition. Gonzalez? Lost all respect. <laughs> Lost all respect. All respect. And you played it at, at the beginning of the show. When she came out doing L's graduation and said how much she loved Bringing me to this campus. I love the University of Kentucky, and I plan to continue the, com- the tremendous progress and trajectory we're on. And she just lost her job right there. <laughs> <laughs> In one day, out the next. That's why you're the interim. And in all honesty, though, she will be interim for about a year because it takes about a year to find a college president. And this search will be conducted in, in secrecy. And then we'll find out who the president is about like six, nine months from now. So like not the longer. Loyal order of water buffalo. Exactly. <laughs> a, a, exactly. Just like nobody knew that uh, uh, Neely Benaputi was being interviewed. I'm sure that we'll do the same to some other university and snag one of their provosts or, you know, something of that nature, make them our president. So Joe, do you think it's all right to have Josh Hurd as kind of a, in within the, the um, program being the guy that they ultimately go with, especially with some of the thoughts and kind of the worry that, you know, there's a lot of quote unquote UK plants or a lot of uh, sympathizers, big blue sympathizers <laughs> within the department. Are you okay with that? Man, I don't even know what to believe anymore. I just I long for the day when I have absolutely no clue who our president is, and I don't even know if it's an actual president, an interim president, uh, moonlighting president, somebody who treats being the president like DoorDash, and they, you know, do it here and there. I I don't care. I just I don't want to know these things. I don't want to know the members of, of the board. Uh, I have to agree with with what Haven said. In regards to uh, to the to the new AD gig, though, hopefully this will finally calm some stuff down, and and we can move beyond the "Are you a Tom guy or a Vince guy?" You know. I agree. No, I, I I think that's huge. Now, now, what did you think about Tom or uh, uh, what did you think about Vince Tyre's uh, comments uh, to the media that he selected, minus anybody from the Courier Journal, because. <laughs> Uh, or at least um, selected media were, were not invited. Um, what, what, what did you think about his, his commentary about the, the status of things? Okay, well, for starters, did he ever say why uh, those who, I guess, will not be named were not, were not invited? Like, well, we can go ahead and say it. It Tim Sullivan. It? Tim Sullivan was the, the, the primary guy that was not there. And I, I did believe... Did he ever speak on... Well, he he talked to, to to Cam Teague because who's I believe Cam was invited, um, and he did uh, let Tim, Cam be the representative for for Courier Journal, and he did just make mention of the fact that he felt like 
there was a lot that was done that was sensationalist journalism to kind of highlight or either um, kind of overreach with how bad things were and felt that the Courier Journal had been doing a lot of that, especially Tim. Um, and so I, I know that he did mention that. So I think that that was kind of the primary with that. <laughs> hey, man, good for him. Good for him. Go down swinging. Uh Man, Vince Tyler Greg became super fan. <laughs> and it started throwing like shade grenades like all over town. <laughs> he even jumped yeah, on Tim I mean, on Twitter. You know, uh, you know I, here's the I saw some people talking about it the other day. I think it'll be interesting to see what Vince does in the future. You know, I mean the with the way everything shook out, maybe maybe there there is some truth to he would have liked to have done the job as long as he felt he could do the job well. Um, I think that is true. I don't think he felt like he could do the job to, to the capacity that, that he wants to. I'll be interested to see what he does going back to life as, as just a donor and a fan. And Now that we live in the age of the NIL and we saw what what the group that was put together on signing day down the road did to, uh, to get a, a major commit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's going to be in the community. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he turned down literally Florida State uh, AD job. So I, I think at that point he's basically saying he's going to be here, he's going to be in the private sector, and he's going to go back to being a super fan. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I like the visibility that he gives because it kind of gives you that big booster presence uh, that you like um, because Vince does know so many people. He can kind of be that guy to kind of step up and say things. And when he says things, it has weight. And I don't think that any of our boosters outside of Dr. Lynn has really had that type of weight. And Dr. Lynn's not really a vocal guy like that. But with Vince kind of being forced into the spotlight as the AD, it gives him a very interesting power angle. Um, being the former AD and also a fan and now being a vocal fan, obviously he's not going to go and sit in the background. And, and I think there is some truth to it. I, I think that when um, uh, Danny uh, Busboom Kelly uh, got her new extension as the volleyball coach, um, you know, they, they talked about all the, the different highlights of the contract, but there was, an, there was an exit clause to where she can leave to go back to Nebraska um, if Nebraska was ever to look for a head coach, it, it would be something where she could get out of it. And immediately Tim Sullivan writes a story saying, well, you know, Danny, Danny, uh, Boone Kelly does have, uh, this new contract, but let's just say that if, you know, if she does decide to leave for Nebraska, Louisville should be thankful for having her. I was like, Tim's already writing an article about Louisville losing Danny Kelly when she literally just got a new contract to stay at Louisville. So like, well, no, I would say this in Tim's defense. <laughs> In Tim's defense, coaches' contracts don't mean squat. This is true. Because you can sign a contract a la Bobby Petrino one day, and 10 days later decide you want to go someplace else. And while I agree with you, Nebraska is literally playing for the national championship today. So, like, it's not like they are in need or looking for a coach at this moment. So, uh, it's just, it was an unnecessary article to say, you know, if she ever leaves in Nebraska, who knows, in five or six years. Like, it's trying to find that one piece of crap in the the yard you have a pristine yard and you're trying to find where the the, the dog went and took a little visit and but, trying to find something on but, a freshly cut well, line in defense of tim again <laughs> though that I mean as as a writer for the courier journal that's your job to get clicks they get <sighs> clicks and views and good news does not get clicks and views yeah, yeah. so well, well there's no shortage of bad news around the program i think that's why people get tired of, of that crap from 
from the local from local media is that it's like, look, man, y'all really don't have to go manufacturing. Stores. Joe, let me tell you something about being on Wake Up Five Hundred Two right now. Pause. We don't say local media. When we call people out, we call them out by name. You know why? Because we ain't scared. I don't care if it's ESPN well, radio. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, iHeartRadio. We call people out by name. It is okay because that's what we do. That's why we the most woke sports, sports show. So you can say, like, if you have any. Now, I'm not saying that you have anybody that you want to call out at this moment, but I'm just letting you know we call out people by name. Just that's how yeah, we, no, that's man, how we you know I'm not shy. You know I'm not shy about any of that. I'm just I'm messing with the media just because because just in general, like this isn't necessarily targeted just at Tim Sullivan right now. <laughs> I'm saying it, it's it's anybody when whether it be ESPN, whether it be Wake Up Five Hundred Two, whether it be whatever. I have a problem with y'all all like, the time, so man. I absolutely will call y'all out. <laughs> exactly, but but I. I you know, I mean, and and you know what? Our fans are right for that to say there is more than enough. There, you have plenty of stuff you can pick apart. You really don't need to be just out here trying and looking and, and oh, needling no. us for no reason. You know, like the fatigue is real, and and uh-huh. in this market, you have like two types of media. You have guys like Tim Sullivan who like to dig and dig and kind of poke the bear, and then you have like the blatant homerism that that, that goes yeah. on, like. Uh, National Signing Day homerism. Love the University of Kentucky, and I- <laughs> like like you have National Signing Day homerism. Like I'm gonna give Scott Satterfield a ton of credit. The recruiting class he put together was awesome. Flipping the number one wide receiver from uh, Florida State to Louisville was awesome, and that's that's exactly Jackson what- State. That was a Freudian slip. You you just want Deion no 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 to- no 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 number wide receiver. Oh, okay okay hold on. I thought you were t- okay. No, yes, you're right. No, no, Jackson State <laughs> pulled the ultimate. Dion pulled the ultimate. Everybody's boost. just picking on Florida State apparently. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know that I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna give Satterfield credit. You hate to see it. He did good. This signing day was his best yet. He went and got some talent. You know, he got three, four stars, all about 14, 15 kids, which is awesome. I, I, I applaud him for that. Hold on. Hey, 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 you know what? Don't give me your thoughts on what you think that actually does. We're going to get to that after this last break. I'm going to make you pause. I know you have lots of thoughts about that, but we're going to leave that as a teaser. Let John Wayne uh, uh, vibe us out, man, and we'll be right back. Wake up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly taking care of you here at Big Exports Radio. We're back for one more segment, y'all. Welcome back in. Welcome back. Wake up 502. Last segment of the day. I swear, man, these these shows just be rolling by, man. Just it's never enough time, Haven. You know, we had what you know, we were doing a one hour show for ever. Ever. Uh, you know, and now we're doing a two hour show, and it still seems like we don't have enough time, man. It's crazy. It's it's, it's nuts. I'm gonna give a big shout out to Deion Sanders 
and Jackson State. You know, everybody wants to hate on Deion Sanders and Jackson State saying he got paid. Saying that the only reason they flipped the number one player <laughs> in the country to go to Jackson State is because of NIL money, because of Barstool Sports paid this dude $1 million to do a documentary of him and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. Yes, there is a lot of money floating around your HBCUs, but there's not that kind of money. Yes, HBCUs have boosters, but not like that. Just give my man Deion Sanders some credit. He flipped the number one player in the country. And let me tell you something. This isn't an isolated incident. No. Because on National Signing Day, quiet is kept. Howard University signed six three-star recruits. Yeah. They had the, like, the top FCS recruiting class. So, like, this isn't, like, kind of like a one-off thing. We're seeing just more top kids go to HBCUs, even ones that, that aren't doing NIL money. And I think that needs to be said. And, and, and there's been a, mo- a movement and a push for more of our star black athletes to start going to some of these HBCUs and kind of representing uh, for the brand. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think that's been a big part of it. But I, it's just so funny because college football – it has always been kind of like being in high school because it's like if something happens and the popular kids don't get what they want, there's all of a sudden a bunch of rumors that swirl around about whoever they want to vilify that, oh, this is what was going on with this, and there's a lot of shade that gets thrown. Like literally college football is that same thing. So, of course, oh, Dion makes something so. happen, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, obviously he got paid. It's kind of like when they lose football games, kind of like Florida losing to Louisville in the Sugar Bowl. So, obviously, Florida didn't want to be there, like that type deal. (laughs) Like, every time any team loses to anybody ever, it's because, oh, well, that team didn't want to be there, so that's why they lost. Oh, yeah, and and the level of disrespect, like, level to HBCUs is crazy. I have a fun fact for you. Yes. Four HBCUs, all right, South Carolina State, the aforementioned Jackson State, Grambling, and Morgan State. Each of those schools have four NFL Hall of Famers apiece, which is the same as FSU, Georgia, Stanford, Wisconsin. But they also have more NFL Hall of Famers than Auburn, California, BYU, Clemson, Florida, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Mississippi, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas A&M. That's impressive. Very impressive. Hey, don't forget the greatest wide receiver of all time. Mr. J. Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley State. There it is. Hey, it is what it is. So, you know, just don't hate. I, I know a lot of people say HBC football is just like high, it's like high school football. It, it, it's not. As the late great Stuart Scott said, boo yow. That's right. It's not. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, man, just like they're bringing the heat. Hey, Coach Prime, man, doing it. He's, I, he's I love doing it. it big. You know, and like I said before, before the break, big shout out to Coach Satterfield on that tremendous, tremendous recruiting class, turning things around. You know, the, and I, I truly believe if it wasn't for the pressure from the fan base, I don't think that this would happen. I honestly think it's, it was the fan base voicing their displeasure on radio and internet boards and everything else saying, hey, dude, you got you to step your game up, that the game got stepped up. Now, I know that the narrative in Louisville media has been that, well, some of the reasons the recruiting wasn't there, 
previously was because he just didn't have enough people in the recruiting uh, circle at UofL. So he's going to hire some more staff, some more guys to write letters and send text messages on a coach. I didn't staff. know the guys writing letters is why Louisville gave up that lead to Virginia. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I digress. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm going to say this. I still uh, think Coach Satterfield, I, I think he's a great coach. Let's do it. I, I think Coach Satterfield is a very good coach. I just think he's still learning how to coach at a Power 5 level. And this is a part of his learning. He's like, oh, I got to step up my recruiting game now. You know, this is all part of it. He's he's learning still that, though, this is big boy football. You, you need big boy players. These little 255-pound defensive tackles ain't going to cut it. I don't care how fast they are. They're not going to cut it. They need beef. So now he's going out and getting beef. He's going out and getting size. And, you know, he's going out and getting higher talented players, higher caliber players after the fan base got mad. And kudos to you, to, to Louisville's fan base for, like, putting that pressure on the program to get better. I'm just going to put it like this. And, Joe, you, you, you can let me know what you think. Um, but I, I'm going to say this. And I said this on Twitter, and I've said this all week. I don't care what Scott Satterfield did on signing day. I do. I like the signings of Sailor Brown, who he had to be peer pressured into taking. I like Sailor Brown. I think that Popeye Williams is another guy from Indianapolis that's going to be a big time player. I love Tafik Thomas, the big 325 defensive tackle, nose tackle that they signed as well. But all I know is this: that little meek little mouse named Scott Satterfield, Ned Flanders. His meekness is why he lost football games this year. Exactly. So I'm going to need for him to not be meek anymore. And until I see that, I don't care what you say. I don't care what happens in spring ball. I don't care what happens in fall camp. I don't care who you hype up. I don't care. I will be able to tell who you are and what you are the first time you actually play a good good team. And, and you know, Louisville goes on the road the first couple of weeks. They play UCF and USF on the road. I don't care what happens in those games. What's going to matter to me is what happens when you actually play a team that has a pulse and a team that has talent and that you respect. Let me see what you can do against Clemson. Let me see what you can do against Kentucky at the end of the year. That is what you're going to be judged on. And until then, I'm going to have the same thoughts of him. He's a meek little mouse. And when the bully comes walking up, he turtles up. And that's going to be the dude that he is. And people want, like, it's funny because I, like, literally got attacked by some people saying that, look, this is the guy who's always trying to find the negative and everything. No, that's literally never been me. That's the opposite of you. Absolutely. But guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to whitewash everything and just act like everything's okay now. He needs a recruiting room. He needs a big recruiting room. Like, no. 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 At the end of the season, all these guys on radio were calling, like, well, if he's going to stay here, he has to get at least a new offensive Brian coordinator. Brian Brown has to get fired. He needs a new offensive coordinator. He needs to not do it. Oh, we're good now. Yes, he, he has a new strength and conditioning coach. We're better. No. Joe, Joe, am I wrong for that? Nah, I, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I, I'm going to try to to add to your comments without just, you know, parroting it. The the, the time, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear that it's the best offensive line unit you've ever coached. I don't want to hear about how much uh, speed the team's got. I don't want to hear it, Coach. Just show me something. Show me something. And 
I've always had a hard time getting into recruiting anyway because it's just it's I don't know, man. It's just not for me. Trying to get inside the head of an eighteen year old, that's a fool's errand. Now that you've got the transfer portal, you never stop recruiting your players. You know, you you're you're constantly you're now recruiting a kid for maybe five years because you want to retain them every year. Ideally. You know, hopefully they don't get on campus and you're like, yeah, if you'd like to go, we'd love to have that scholarship back. Uh, if that's the case, you're not really doing your job in the first place. So, you know, I didn't even, I'll be honest with you all, I didn't even bother listening to the press conference. I heard I heard people on Twitter saying he killed it. You yeah, know, I haven't either. Great, but, <laughs> but I'm like... Y'all, is that how far is that how low he has set the bar for us that y'all are celebrating a press conference in December? He showed emotion. That's the first thing. <laughs> that's the first thing that that we've had to be excited about our our coach is a press conference in December. GTFO. And like he, GTFO. And it's not like he's boasting the greatest recruiting class ever. You know, I mean it's a it's a good class. Nothing to ride home about. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Go win some games. Hey, nine wins are bust. Agreed. With, with, with that weak schedule, nine wins are bust. And, and you know what? Because I'm tired of talking about him, I, I'm going to go ahead and just transition into, fellas, we got about three, three minutes left in the show. Um, since this will be the last time that we chat, I need you all thoughts. You know, on the U, the the WKU and UK games. Uh, does you know what will be Louisville's record after this? You got two very difficult road games, both in rivalry settings. Um, you know, do does Louisville go two and zero, one and one, zero and two? Uh, Joe, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. I got a bad feeling. This is an zero and two stretch coming up. Oh, oh, that's rough. Any specific reason uh, why I, or who who needs to step up to change that from 0 and 2 to well, at least 1 and 1 or 2 and 0? Who do you need to see step no, up? Man, I don't I don't I don't know that there's one particular person that you say everything's hinging on if this guy gets it everything can turn around. But who need needs to sack up? To get it. Somebody, you know, send we need, we need a hero, damn it. Send us send us somebody. Uh I just I feel like and again, maybe this is a little bit of bias because, again, like we said at the, at the top of the show, being down in Western Kentucky this past week, seeing it gives you a whole different perce- uh, perspective on on just where everyone is emotionally. Um, I think they're going to have, as you all said, I think Rashawn mentioned it earlier, they're essentially going to have the whole country cheering for them. Kind of feels wrong cheering against Western. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, right now, but go cards. Uh, I I feel like they're, the team's walking into a buzzsaw, and this team hasn't given me the confidence to believe that it can walk into a buzzsaw and, and handle itself. The Kentucky game, I that game's just screwy, weird, and cursed. <laughs> I stopped picking Louisville in that game years ago. <laughs> Fair. Haven Harrington, what you think? Two and zero, one and one, zero and two. Uh, at best, one on one with the win of a Western loss to Kentucky, most likely zero two. Um, I think we can squeeze out a win against Western, but I, I don't see us being Kentucky. I just don't think we have that 
that hate to overcome what she boy and those guys want to do to us. And we're like one in like 50 against Kentucky. So, yeah, give me Kentucky. Wow. Just I appreciate you all being the fun goalies, man. Just oh, honest, man. I've got two O and twos from my two esteemed colleagues. Hey, what about you? You're a basketball guy. What you got? Hey, let me tell you something. I feel like the University of Louisville is going to go down here. I feel like they are going to meet the emotional challenge because you have a team that needs to. Um, that being said, I do think that it's going to be a one in one week. But I do think it's funny. I think that that one and two, Louisville has a better chance of beating Kentucky than they do West Kentucky today. But I do think 2-0 is on the table. But you know what, fellas? It has been a wonderful, wonderful week. Appreciate everything that you guys done. Appreciate everybody listening. You listen to Wake Up 502. Hey, and we out, y'all. 502.com.